Amen. He is worthy to be praised. We are so excited to be here today to thank you for your prayers and your support. Today, the Church of God in Western Europe extends all the way from the Caribbean, all the way to a little island off of Africa on the eastern side of Africa, just beyond Madagascar. And you may be looking at me, Brother Swift, I thought Western Europe was France and Spain and Italy. It is. It is. But how many people know that the United States doesn't begin in California? It begins in Hawaii. Amen? That little island out in the Pacific. And so Western Europe also has islands. France has islands in the Caribbean and off an island off of Africa. Uh, we have 145 churches in 11 different countries of Western Europe. What, what about Finland? All the way from Finland and Scandinavia in the north, all the way down to Morocco in the south. That's all the region of Western Europe. And of course, we continue to do the project in Kenya, Africa. What's the latest news from Kenya? I just returned and we are drilling a well right now. While you sit here, it's finishing, amen? That's exciting, clean water on the church compound that will be used as an evangelistic tool for the name of Jesus Christ, amen? Hallelujah. I think in the video it said you were feeding a thousand orphans. Oh, we, we, you know, the Lord just keeps expanding your borders. <laughs> we are now feeding close to 1,800 plus every week in that little village. The death rate has gone down 10 to 15% in eight years, hallelujah. We're so excited. The work continues to expand. Uh, the work in uh, in Spain, for example, we have a lot of churches there from Latin, a lot of people from Latin America planting churches. Just in Madrid, we have a man from uh, the Dominican Republic. Amen. Anybody here from the Dominican Republic? Mm. Uh, he is. He planted nine churches in Madrid, and two of those churches are the largest churches in Spain for the Church of God. Amen. And you know there's something really exciting happening in, in Western Europe. What about that Send the Light project? You know that Europe ha has become a, a center of sending the light out into the darkness. There are 11 cities around the world that were put into the heart of our missions director, Dr. David Griffiths, and two of them are Paris and Amsterdam. And both of them are in our region. So that's extra weight, extra work, and you need to do extra prayers, please. When Kathy first realized that she was going to be transferring to actually live in Europe, uh, even though we continued to work in Africa, she said, God, I thought you sent me to the darkest continent. What did the Lord reveal to you? But then he showed me Western Europe when I got there. And really and truly, that's the dark continent now. Because and they have forgotten God. And your prayers and your love and your support keep us there sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So we have key, key people in Paris and in Amsterdam right now as we speak planting churches sending the light into the darkness, and we thank God for all the people around the world that are helping Kathy and me. And they're training. And they're training. Training leaders. These are not just places of evangelism. How many people know that winning a soul to Christ is just the beginning? Amen. Amen? We have Jesus to disciple. Says, Jesus didn't say go into the world and get people saved. He said go into the world and make disciples of people. Amen? Amen? You ever read that scripture? Amen. 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 
So we need to make disciples. We need to make people who will turn around and make other disciples so that the kingdom of God can grow. Transformation is what's happening across Western Europe. Even this year, we are having the year of the child all across Western Europe. And uh, as soon as we hit the ground on the 18th, 19th, we start a three-day seminar in Paris across France. They're gathering, and we're going to have a weekend promoting, teaching, training, and showing the purpose of evangelizing children outside the church as well as inside the church. We're so privileged to be your hand extended all over Western Europe and in Africa. We thank God that we can be a minister of the Stratford Heights Church of God. Amen. We Get thank God. Home. We thank God for Pastor Ray. By the way, Pastor Ray, would you come up here a minute? I'd like to talk to you for just a minute. Uh-oh. You're in trouble now. Okay. We're not going to be able to be here for Pastor Appreciation Day. But we appreciate this man so much. We have just loved him. I have loved him over the years. Kathy has loved him for he how many years? He adopted me when, when you and I got together. Kathy's loved him for five years. Uh, is that long enough, Pastor Ray? All right. And uh, we just thank God that he came over to Europe and, and personally showed his love and his concern for the harvest. I have here a pen which I'm going to give to Pastor Ray. But before I do that, I want to tell you about this pen. This pen says, Church of God, Western Europe. Now, of this pen, there are only seven in existence anywhere in the world today. Seven? Wow. There are only seven pens. One of the pens is owned by the overseer of one of our strongest, most important states in the USA. So uh, when you write and use this pen, uh, your friend, the overseer of that powerful state... You have been esteemed, my brother. ...is one of the other people that has this pen. The other pen is owned by a pastor who has been a tremendous support and has been a key supporter. Uh, next to Stratford Heights, he is the third most important supporter. But, but this is the number one but supporter. This, this is the number Whoa! one. This is the number one supporter. We really should have started with Pastor Ray, but... Uh, it's okay. We just got here late. We just That's got it. here a little late. We got here as quick as we could. That's it. So but Pastor Ray, with the thanks and with the love and prayers of Western Europe, we want to thank you for all that you're it's doing. the best gift he could have ever gotten. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Give God some thanks for our pastor. Amen, amen. You know, without a good leader, seriously, without a good leader, that's where the trickle-down comes. The reason you have such a presence of the Lord in this house is because the leaders have the presence of God. That's a lesson if you don't know it. And he's backed up by a tremendous leadership team, uh, Richard and, right. and Brother Gary and, oh and all of Lord. our great leaders. Can we give God some thanks for our leadership team here amen, at Stratford Heights? Well, you know what, Mr. Swift, I, I need to tell these folks something. In the, three weeks ago today, I was in Kenya, and I was supposed to leave tomorrow. I had my ticket. I was ready to go. I was sitting in church. I was worshiping. 
Now, I'd had a few little issues yesterday in my body that I didn't really like. And I'm sitting in church, and all of a sudden, the whole side of my face became numb, like I had been at the dentist, you know, and it was just all over. And it just kept on creeping up, and it went all the way over in my ear, and I thought, Lord, what is this? And I leaned forward to the missionary friends of mine that had been there for 45 years, and they serve on our board. And I said, pray, guys, pray. They prayed. And I went home, and I took an aspirin, you know, head thinking, took an aspirin and laid down and rested. And I thought, you know, I maybe I ought to go see mm, that cardiologist tomorrow before I get on that plane because I've never had any heart issues. But this seems like there might be some issues going on. It was symptoms in my body. And those symptoms cause fear, don't they, when they come up in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So I went to the onco uh, that, uh, I'm not oncologist, thank you very much, <laughs> cardiologist, oh, Jesus, I take that away <laughs> in Jesus' name. Um, and so anyway, four hours later, I had my reports. I'd been through four different tests from inside and outside, and everything looked wonderful. Every picture was just what it should be, and the flaps were working, and the blood was flowing. And, and I thought, well, what's going on? He said, go to the, your doctor when you get home and get all these tests and pay all this amount of money, you know. And so anyway, I did. And I've been in and out and up and down and all those things because kids and husbands all think you're supposed to do all of that, you know. But we had major prayer on Tuesday after, on Wednesday after I arrived, didn't we, at the house. Now, I know God works through doctors he works before doctors, and he works after doctors. You know? I mean, he, he chooses how he wants to work. But these were symptoms. And my mind had to change and begin to think more about God trusting and believing in him and not what I was feeling in my body. Sometimes, it, as, takes, sometimes it takes a mountain, doesn't it? It sure does. And, and as, as we prayed... The Lord spoke and revealed some things to all of us that were praying, and I realized I had been walking on strange ground in Africa. Now, folks, you can walk on strange ground in America. So you need to get your mindset changed that there is a real devil and there is a real God. Because when we prayed, God moved. He removed that what was there and I went ahead and went through the test and we had another major prayer and with some different folks and you know that the Holy Spirit revealed the same thing to them as he had the first prayer isn't that amazing that Pentecostal folks can depend on the Holy Ghost and today I'm standing here free free In Jesus' name. Sometimes we just got to have a change in a way of thinking and not allow that enemy to come down and flood us with a bunch of fear. By the way, by the way, they did a CT scan of her head and they found all of her marbles. They were all there. I don't think so. I think I've always been a little strange. Yeah. <laughs>
But praise God for my parable wife. Amen, amen. Now, you know what? I think you've got something that you need to share about changing the way we're thinking. You know, I think the Bible says something about changing our mindsets. Would you turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2? And I'm going to read that in English, and then I'm going to try to read it in Espanol, if you all will pray for me over there. That's an amazing chart. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is the will of God, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I'm going to try to say this in Spanish. It may be a little bit different from what you have on the screen, but Así que, hermanos, os ruego por las misericordias de Dios que presentéis vuestros cuerpos en sacrificio vivo, santo, agradable a Dios, que es vuestro culto racional. No os conforméis a este siglo, sino transformaos por medio de la renovación de vuestro entendimiento para que comprobéis cuál sea la buena voluntad de Dios, agradable y perfecta. perfecta. Amen, 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 amen. amen. Gloria a Dios. Hallelujah. <laughs> In parenthesis for my Spanish brothers and sisters, la madre de Vierno es de Honduras. Porque yo estoy tratando de aprender algunas palabras de español. His son-in-law. My son-in-law, his mother is from Honduras, so I'm trying to learn a little Spanish. Uh, and he practices, and I don't understand a word. It, well, maybe one word. That's it. I can say, Gloria a Dios. Hallelujah. <laughs> I can say, mi mujer es muy hermosa, and she has no idea no, what no, I'm saying. No, 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 no. I just said my wife is beautiful I, I in Spanish. I know what he said. Mindsets, sir. Mindsets. Mindsets. Okay. But, you know, I was thinking about this as we were having our communion this morning. And as we were holding up that little wafer, which represents the body of Christ, I was thinking about how Jesus went before us, presenting his body as a living sacrifice. The Holy Spirit began to speak to me, and he said, you know, when God says that I want you to offer your body as a living sacrifice, I'm not asking you to do something that I have not done for you and that I have not already done before to show you how to do it. Because you see, what God wants for us is that we would be like Jesus that we would follow in the footsteps of Jesus who presented his body as a living sacrifice and he uh, allowed that to be worship. That was his way of worshiping his father and also honoring his father, which is included in worship. And this is what God wants of us. Now here's the problem. In order for us to be a living sacrifice for God, in order to live for God and to serve God no matter what, no matter what it costs, 
And sometimes it may cost everything if you follow the cross. You may, in the service of God, you may lose your wife or your husband. My first wife went to be with the Lord on the mission field. And there, there she, the condition that she died from may have been caused by the living conditions we, we found out later that we were going through. It may cost you. It may. And sometimes we go a long time waiting on answers. And it's difficult in everyday life when we've changed our way of thinking and we think and expect one thing and something else happens. But God, in his infinite wisdom and his marvelous love, hallelujah, he knows where we are. He knows how to pour in the oil of Gilead. He knows what you have need of today, wherever you are. He is a loving God. Amen? Can you give him a hand clap of praise? But that's why the scripture says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Oh, that's hard. Do not conform to the mindset of this world, which is me, me, me. It's all about me and what I can get and what I can do for myself and what people think of me and my reputation and, and just always about me. God is saying this morning, it's not about you. It, it really isn't. You know, sometimes we look at this book and we think this book, we know what's in this book. We know that that's God's word, and it's full of his promises. And so we look at the book, and we don't see anything in that book that's of value to us. We, we don't understand why the book doesn't just jump out and give us everything we have need of. And then we, we come to church, and we listen, and we feel the presence of God, and, and again, we think, okay, all right, um, let's see. Uh, oh, oh, look, the promises are real. They're real. They're alive. They're exciting. I can get a hold of that. And then we go home, and problems, storms, troubles, they hit us again. And we wonder, what, where are those promises, God? Are, are you really loving us? Do you really care about us? Are you really going to take care of us? And the promises fade because we allow the enemy to cause fear and trouble to come into our life. So where are you today? Where are you today? Thank you. <laughs> I need one of these things or something. <laughs> I move too much. But where are you? Which of those are you? I think we're all of them. I think we're all of them. And only the word of God and his presence 
Hallelujah. Mm. Only him in our lives can make a difference. And only he can change this hard head way of thinking. Amen. You see what, what the word of God says here is that we must have a transformation. We must have a renewal. In other words, the old mindset that we had before we knew Christ has Seeking, to disappear. Thinking. It has to be put away, and our mind has to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that can only be done by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and renews our mindset, makes the Word of God come to life. It, it comes to life in living color with the Holy Spirit's help. And then it, the Bible says, this is how we can find out what God's will is. You see, nothing is more important in life than that we discover the will of God. This would be a good time to say amen. Nothing is more important than, than for you and for me to discover what God wants us to do. And it may not be what the world thinks that we ought to do. In fact, nine times out of ten, it's the exact opposite of what the world tells you you should be doing. We are called by God to take our bodies and to say, God, whatever is here, and there may not be much to offer God. You may be missing a limb. You may be uh, in traction in a hospital, and you may be in pain, and all you can do is to just to testify to the power and to the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ. His grace is sufficient. His love will never fail. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is everything. He's the lily of the valley. He's our deliverer. He's our soon-coming king. We have something to shout about this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. It does not matter who we are. It does not matter where we are. It does not matter what we have or don't have. If we hold the hand, hallelujah, if we hold tightly to the hand that is all-powerful and all-knowing and all-loving, hallelujah, we're going to make it, folks. We're going to make it all the way through. And isn't that what it's about? Aren't we supposed to be going to the other side? We're not supposed to be wanting to hold on to things down here. Amen? Oh, I didn't hear that very well. I know. Things hurt sometimes when we go through those difficult problems and loss and all of that. And I can't imagine the devastation that those dear folks in, in down there in Texas are experiencing now. Can you imagine all those little youngins that don't even have their toys and, and, and their own bed and their own little pillow and don't even know where the food's going to come from? But if we can share the love of Jesus by meeting the needs, if we can just change the way we think and think it's not all for me, but it's all for them, then God's going to use that for his glory and he's going to touch lives and there's going to be people transformed down there in Texas just because of your love, just because what you do. You say, well, I can't do much. Can you pray? Do you have a breath in your mouth? You can pray. Amen. It's the breath. Hallelujah. It's the breath he gives us. It's the breath that's in our lungs that we can pour out our praise to the Lord. Do you know that there's, 
there's a, a, a story here in the Bible uh, about a, a feller that his name was King Hezekiah in 2 Kings in 18 and 19. Now, I'm not going to read those scriptures, but I challenge you to go and look at them, study them. Look at where he began. This young man began to serve the Lord as a king of Judah. And he did everything right, it says. He did everything right. Oh, you remember when you gave your life to the Lord? Wow, that first love, you're going to do everything right, right? Come on, nod your head. And then you stumbled a few times along the way, amen? Well, you see, he did everything right. He tore down all the idols. He did it all right. He didn't even pay attention to the enemy. He just went ahead and fought against the king of Assyria, and he just, he just went ahead and did it. But something happened, like us. Didn't he get a letter one day from the devil? Oh, well, that was second. The first thing he did is they came in and said, Hey, we've, we've conquered all of the land of Judah, and um, we're going to, we're going to take you too. And he said, oh, 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 I've done wrong. Oh, oh, king, I'm so sorry. He backtracked. First time around, he had a mindset problem, didn't he? He backtracked. I mean, not like us. We would never do that. I mean, you know, and now you might not, but maybe me sometimes. But that's what he did. He backtracked and he said, oh, enemy, I'll, I'll give you whatever you want. So they said, give me your gold. Give me your silver. Give it. And all the good things he'd done to the temple, he tore it all off and he gave it to the enemy. He said, okay, we're good. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's got a good mindset now. Going to just praise the Lord. And so the enemy said, well, you paid in full. You know, go in peace. Goodbye. I'm not going to bother you again. I I'm sorry. He didn't say that. No? Uh -uh. Isn't that just like the enemy? He said, okay, now you gave me a little bit. I want a lot. You open the door. Be careful, young people. Don't open the door. Don't. It's not just them. It's us. You mean, if, you mean if you give a little bit to the devil, he'll take more? He took it all. He, he won't said, be satisfied? I'm coming in. I want your wives. I want your youngins. I want it all. And so you know what he did? He got afraid. He, he said, oh, we got to pray. We got to do this. We got to do that. And he sent his fellers out there, his leaders, you know, he sent them out there. And he sent for, for the, the prophet. And, you know, he wanted a word from the Lord. Doesn't that sound just like us? That's mm -hmm. when he got the letter from the devil? When we're in, in uh, deep water. That's when we want a, a word from the Lord, huh? Come on. Shouldn't we be a man and a woman of prayer all the time? Shouldn't we go to the Lord first? And finally, that's what happened yeah. to King Hezekiah. He got a threatening letter. He didn't call the church folk, pastor. He didn't even call his great leaders that hold up your arms on each, either side. He, he didn't do it. He just brought that letter, that threatening letter from the, from the enemy, and he put it here, you know, and I know he was thinking, why in the world did I ever open the door to the enemy? Why did I do that? But he didn't say anything. He just put it down there and he said, oh, God. He said, look at where I'm at in this. No, he didn't say that. He didn't talk about his trouble. He didn't talk about his issues. He said, Lord, you are worthy. 
You are marvelous. You are glorious. You are, you are the all-knowing God. He exalted the king. And what happened? And then God sent a letter back to the devil. Uh, he did. He, he um, first of all, he, here, here he was telling God how great he was. And he said, now God, just let you know, they're talking, that enemy, that king, that's the natural He's talking about you, Lord. He's talking about what he thinks he's going to do to your people. He brought it right back to the Lord. And the Lord reacted very quickly. Because the prophet, the prophet said, hey, I got a word from God. He didn't even have to call for the prophet. This is all in 2 Kings chapter 19, by the way. You can look it up later. But the point is that there was a mindset change. Absolutely. God changed Hezekiah's mindset. He was over here thinking the wrong things, and the enemy took advantage. Then he brought it to the Lord like he should have in the first place. Amen. Amen. And here he was, he brought it to the Lord and began to exalt and worship and praise. Hallelujah. And what happened? God gave the answer. He did, and he does it every time. In fact, there's even another example that you were talking about earlier. Yes. Right there in the Bible. You know, in fact, when we change our mindsets, when we allow God to change our mindsets and we start responding to the challenge of the Word of God, then we will find that in the middle of our storms, we'll start being able to walk on water. And Matthew chapter 14. Wow. Here's, here's Peter. He's in, the, he's in the church house. He's yep. in the church house with all the good folk. And it's time. It's time to... Oh, oh, do you see that? It looks like a ghost. Is it a ghost? The ghost said, don't be afraid. It's me, Jesus. Hmm. And Peter did something crazy. Well, you see, he was paying attention in Mark chapter 4 when Jesus supposedly woke up out of the sleep and stilled the storm. And then he said to Peter and to the other disciples, where was your faith? You could have taken care of this, baby, if you'd had a little faith. They needed a little practice. But they needed a little practice. And so in Matthew chapter 14, Jesus gave them some practice. He sent them out ahead of time. He sent them out ahead of time. He set them up. How many people know that sometimes God sets us up for his glory? Amen. Amen. Throughout so the he scriptures, can get the glory and not us. Again Amen. and again, God sets us up so that he can glorify himself and show his power and his glory in our lives. And so Peter had a mindset change. God changed his mindset so that in the middle of the storm. Hey, Lord, if that's you, I'll come. Instead of just hanging on for dear life in the middle of the storm, he exercised his faith and found himself walking on the water. And then he started looking around, and he was walking on water, and the wind was waves were high, and they were scary. And then he said, what is going on? I'm not supposed to be able to walk on water. And he began to sink. Wait a minute. But, 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 but Jesus didn't leave him there. And so as, as he sank and went down for the third time, Jesus said, well, good riddance to you. See I'm tired ya. of you. Goodbye. You're an unfaithful servant. I'm done with you. I'm going to go to the other disciples and work on them. Chris, is that what Jesus said? He did not say that. That's not what he said? No. What did Jesus say? Why, in fact, Jesus said, here, come on. Come on, son. Let me help you. We're going to pick you up, and we're not just going to pick you up. We're going to hold your arm, and we're going to take you all the way back to the boat. 
And then Jesus did something marvelous. And at that point, after the faith had been the victory, Jesus finally took care of that storm. Wait a minute. Now, Peter had a change of mindset. He got his faith on. He believed the impossible, even with the good church folks still in the boat. He did something beyond what they were thinking. He walked out there. He began to sink. And Jesus didn't stop the storm then? No, Jesus wanted Peter to learn how to walk through the storm and how to overcome and have victory in the middle of the storm. You see, sometimes it's not about we want the storm to stop. We want all of the problems and all the chaos and the confusion around us yes, in this world. Come on. We want it to stop now. Jesus, why don't you stop it? I'm just getting tired of this. And Jesus says, you know, it's not about stopping storms sometimes. It's about learning how to walk through them in victory. Hallelujah. Can, Can I hear an amen somewhere? In the house. Because when we walk through the storm, we, be, we find our faith is increased. We find that we learn how to let go of all of ourself and depend on him. But we have to have a change of mindset. Cambiar de entamentito. I'm not pronouncing that right. But we need to have a change of mindset according to the word of God. God's word never fails, Mr. Swift. Yes, ma'am. Never fails. And this morning, I'm walking through a storm. Not that physical storm. He took care of that one. Hallelujah. <laughs> Do you know that every day seems there's another storm? Amen. But, you know, there's a storm going on in my family, in my side of the family. And Mr. Chris and I, we have both been praying about these storms that are troubling our youngins. You know, parents, grandparents, we know about those, don't we? We know about those storms that come. But in the midst of praying, in the midst of standing, I hear the word of the Lord, peace, be still. Hold on, trust, and believe. I hear that, and I hear that for you today. Trust and believe, because God is never late. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care the circumstances. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what your family says. Oh, hold on. And I don't care sometimes what the church folks say. You might have gotten a letter from the devil just this last week. You might have gotten 10 letters from the devil this last week. Whoosh, only one's enough. You know what I'm going to do with any letter I get from the devil? Put it under my I'm going to show it to God. Put it under my feet. And I'm going to say, here's what the devil says he's going to do to me, but I am the property of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. My body is the temple of the Holy <laughs> Spirit, and this is what the enemy says about you because I'm your property and my life belongs to you. What are you going to say back to the enemy? And God will say what he said to Hezekiah. You tell the enemy, I said his goose is cooked. Amen, amen. He's not going to touch you. He's not going to come in and take the kingdom. In fact, he's going to turn tail and run back. And in fact, he's going to lose his life back over there in his own country. That's right. 
I think this would be a good time to just stand up and just pray and ask God. Let's begin to praise him in the house before we ask him for anything. Amen. Let's just Amen. begin to thank him Let's for who he is in our lives. Let's life. thank God for his Let's word today. Let's begin to thank him for miracles that he's already done. Not those coming. Thank but God for changing our understanding and Hallelujah. our mindsets right now. Can you praise him? Father, we just give you praise right now. We thank you for who you are in our lives. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, you said you'd never let the righteous be forsaken. So, God, I believe today that there are many in this house that can give you praise. There are many in this house that know that the miracles of God have already worked, manifested in their lives any, many, many, many times. But today, God, Today, we stand in need again. We stand in need of this mind that seems to waver sometimes. God, forgive us for our mindset. Help us, Lord, to turn our minds towards you. Help us to be transformed by the renewing of your love in us, by the renewing of your promises, God. Let us rehearse again the promises of God. I know the Would you enjoy the message this morning from Chris and Kathy Swift? gone mad with the craziness and the Bible says perilous times that we face as we're waiting the soon return of Jesus Christ we need a transformed and renewed mind we need to constantly remember that God is working the plan how many of you know God doesn't get panicked to get upset he doesn't you know worry like we do he doesn't get anxious God knows what he's doing in your life I'll say that again. God knows what he's doing in your life. He has his hand on you, and God is going to get you all the way through. I've often said this before. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a train. It's God. We're going to pray, and as we do, we've received word that Sister Billy Hudson has been placed on life support. This is our precious sister that always sits right here in the wheelchair at the front row. I want us to have prayer for Sister Billy, her daughter, Barbie. They're here every week. I want us to pray for them as we're dismissed today. And also, I want to remind you that you had these, the yesters, I believe, passed them out to you. Would you do something? Would you put them in your Bible, take them with you, pray over this? If you would like to help these people, I... I don't know how you feel while they were preaching today and the anointing was on them and they were sharing their illustrations. You can tell that they, they love what they do and it comes from their heart. I just said to myself, I said, they are precious. And I really believe that. I want to help them and I want you to pray about your monthly support to them. If you want to give them a few bucks or you want to give them $10,000 a month, then I want you to take me to lunch. And then I want you to... But if you feel led of God, your family, talk with your family, pray with your family. And if you'd like to turn one of these faith promises in, you can do that through our church office and we'll make sure they get it. 
and then they'll know. As one of the things that helps them with the faith, pro faith promises, then they're able to actually budget the ministry and work on things instead of just waiting for offerings to come. They can actually budget ahead of time and know what they can do in helping all the people that they help, feeding 1,800 plus children and ministering to so many, 21 churches planted in Western Europe and all the travel and they do to minister to the people there. I like the idea that we get to go in their backpack, in their backpack and we get to be a part. So we're going to pray for Billy and we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for you. Our ministers are going to be available. They're in the altar. If you feel led and you need special prayer today, you're certainly welcome to come and have a word of prayer with one of them before you leave. We'll agree with you in prayer today. God bless you. Don't forget that your Labor Day weekend starts today. And I know many of you have got plans through tonight and tomorrow. And so we, in our tradition, as we, we put family first, how many of you know it's okay to put your family as a priority? Say amen. Amen. We want you to spend quality time. Church will not be meeting here tonight at 6, but church will be meeting at your house or at your grandma's house or at your aunt and uncle's house or your kid's house. You'll be having cookouts and you'll be sharing. You will be at church. You are not allowed to not have church tonight. You just have to do it wherever you are, in your community or with your family. Can I get an amen out of this crowd? Again, all right. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. For Chris and for Kathy Swift, we ask your blessings to be on them. I pray for families here today that will consider and be praying about their monthly support. I thank you for those who gave today as an offering to their ministry. I pray that it would be sufficient in the Lord that they will be blessed and have more than they need for the work that you've called them to do. And Lord, we pray today for Billy Hudson. We lift her up to you and ask in the name of the Lord that you would touch her, minister healing and strength to her body physically. Lord, we don't know what's going on at this very moment. We trust the doctors who are working with her, but God, we are seeking the great physician and asking you to heal her and touch her by your mighty power in the name of Jesus. Be with Barbie, strengthen her, and touch her physically, emotionally, spiritually. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you honor and we give you thanks, Lord, for all that you do for us. Touch every heart and every life today. May our hearts and minds be transformed by your word. And may that word cause us to live victorious through Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you.